Hey everyone and welcome to the episode 7 of the e-learning guys. My name is Nate Jorga Dulmin and joining me, as always, is Mr. David Charney. Hello Nate, hello everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, sir. Had a good rest? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I'm probably like 50 pounds heavier than I was uh, in November. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean, I know what you mean. Um, more food and uh, a bit less uh, clicking <laughs> this time of the, of the year. Yep, that's right. But uh, now, now we're back in the swing of things. Yeah, yeah. It's early January, and uh, yeah, we, we're recording. Actually, this is the first, no, this is uh, second working day here. Um, so yeah, we are back in the saddle. Yep. We don't have uh, any follow-up, actually, and X Days in Review is also uh, empty this week because of our uh, hard work in the kitchen. Um <laughs> And uh, we're going to s- jump straight into our content this in this episode, which is relating or connecting to the learner. We can relate to the learner in many different ways, and we're going to try to explore this topic a little bit here. Uh, we got a quite nice list here, and um, maybe we can start with the question you put there. Why relate to the learner? Why? Why, Dave? Why? I don't know. Might as well. Um, you <laughs> Might <know>. as well. <laughs> You know, people are always, whether they know it or not, they're asking the question, why do I need to know this? Why Mm -hmm. is this important to me? You know, what does this have to do with me or my job or whatever it might be? So, you know, the more we can, you know, relate or the more we can uh, keep them interested or connected to the material, uh, the the better, you know. And and hopefully, too, they've got a, you know, if, if... you can make those connections. They hopefully are piggybacking on information they already have, foundations that they already have. So you can just build upon that. They can connect yeah. more dots, and hopefully they'll just uh, you know continue to develop their understanding, their ability to make decisions, increase the retention on the material. So a lot of reasons to uh, want to relate mm-hmm. uh, courses or educational material to what people might already be familiar with. And on a on a slightly you know opposite note you don't really don't want to not relate to the learner (laughs) you know if just like you said you want things to be familiar you want them to build upon previous knowledge and so on and you don't want the opposite because it's sort of it's you know it will just be uh, the top the things will be foreign to them uh, it will have the opposite effect. So I'm always thinking about, you know, how not to upset the learner sort of ways. How, <laughs> right. Uh, even if it's a boring topic, maybe. Don't upset them. Yeah, because everything, you know, every everything that will have a negative effect, it means it will degrade the positive effect that it also has. And so I, I always try to think how not to annoy them, basically, and just make a smooth ride throughout the process. Yeah, I mean, they could so easily lose focus or, I mean, so quickly you will have something that someone will be falling asleep during, that they yeah. will tell all their friends that they hated, uh, that, uh, you know, ultimately will just lead to um, the opposite of uh, of learning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want them to, you know, uh, lose patience because they're searching for the next button. I mean, that's 
that's really that shouldn't happen. <laughs> right. I mean, realistically, it, well, I, in in a lot of cases, e-learning is kind of a second job to their other job. You know, they're busy doing things all day and they yeah. don't yeah. you know, it's like, okay, well, I got to take this course. Well, the yeah. more you can connect with them, the more interest they'll have and uh it, you know, if you do a good job, they'll want to to continue their training. Yeah. Or at least not have a bad experience, which I guess often happens and uh, makes our jobs harder. <laughs> yeah. The less tears, the better. <laughs> That's the tagline of this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we can go uh, point by point here to have some sort of a red line. Um, I, I put this, this uh, point here at the beginning um, which is who is the target group? I often have this question in mind. Uh, you know, just the basic demographic. You know, are these office workers? Are these children? Are they maybe not very good with computers? I think all of these is sort of basics from where you start. Uh, you know, it's like, do we make huge buttons? Do we need big, bigger text than usual? You know, all these maybe technical basics, the foundations of the whole course. I think this is really, really important to have uh, in your mind at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to know who your audience is very quickly helps you determine if perhaps, well, I mean, there's so many things that revolve around who the audience is, you know, the type of, just knowing the type of devices they're probably going to be using. Yes. Um, if they tend to use tablets, I mean, if you know through through experience that 99% of them use tablets, uh, 1% uses PCs, and 0% uses phones, you can tailor your your course, uh, your your yeah. your stuff to them. Um, but also, you can knowing who they are, you can figure out maybe what hobbies they all generally might have. Um, I, yeah. They might not generally all have the same hobby, but. Um, I think you get the idea of what I'm saying. Um, you know, what common tasks they might have, yeah. um, f uh, potential situations they may find themselves in, you know. So, all again, the audience yeah. also helps you know how you might tailor, how, how you might present the information. The previous knowledge, you know, on which level, level are you going, going to build your course, you know? Are they beginners at a topic? Do they have some basics? Uh, or the, this is an expert topic, uh, you know, which will put them even on a higher level of this subject. Uh, yeah, knowing your audience is is really good. <laughs> is it, it good and important? It's very important. Yeah. So I think we recommend finding out who the audience is, and then we put the learner in their environment. So what do you mean? We what do we mean by that? I think uh, previously you mentioned the. A children's hospital course uh, for which you guys used uh, backgrounds of some wallpaper, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. In another uh, podcast that we had done, I threw out that example. Uh, you know, to put someone in their environment so that they're familiar with it, um, they don't have to kind of relearn where they're at. Things seem familiar. They can again keep building upon what they have. And um, one of our more recent projects was for a children's hospital. And so we went out, we took photos. When they opened their course up, it was their patient room. Um, it, 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 we certainly did a lot of Photoshop on it to keep it clean and focused on 
what the course was about, mm -hmm. but they recognized it as their own very quickly. Yeah, they were at home. They were at home, and they they told us that they yeah we had several people tell us, uh, you know, oh, I love that it was our our environment, and um and yeah that's another thing that you had mentioned. We even took photos of the what do you call them the couches. I don't know. I couldn't think of the word couches. Um, the couch material. Yeah. So that we could use as backgrounds and things, because all these things, that's even part of the environment. Yeah, yeah, that's a really nice touch. And and they might not even know exactly where it's from, but it will look familiar, you know, and it will make them cozy and at home. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, they'll be comfortable with it. You know, another thing too, another good reason to use the environment is, and I remember this case very specifically, um, a project we did when we were brought in to help develop educational uh, courses, they they had a huge they had people quitting like constantly uh, because they were going through this material that they had, and uh, it was for a warehouse. And the second they left the the room that they were uh, training in and went out to the actual floor of the the warehouse, everything was new to them. When we looked back at the material, there was no pictures of the warehouse, of the what the boxes look like, mm -hmm. what the bins that you put the boxes in. It yeah. was all kind of, you know, uh, take the box and put it, f find the box based on the number and put it in the bin. But they got out into the environment and, you know, is that the bin or is that the bin? It, you know, it was completely a new experience and they basically had to be trained again but then they had to be trained on the floor, which was very stressful. And a lot of people would quit and, and go to some different warehouses around the area. Mm -hmm. And so, again, if, if we would have – well, what we did is we integrated the environment into the, the new courses. So that when they got out there, certainly there's things they have to learn in the real environment. But they were very comfortable moving out into the actual environment from the, um, from the little room where they were trained in. Yeah, we had a similar thing here. I was I'm working with a company that creates, you know, electronic parts for the cars. Uh -huh. So it's quite a big, you know, it's an industry, it's a factory basically. So th there was a course about ecology, you know, cuz they have a lot of, you know, um like uh acids, you know, and different chemicals and so on. Uh, so it was a course about how to take care of this waste, actually, and also normal waste, you know, how to separate them in recycle bins and so on. So they took a lot of photographs we used in the course of the bins, of the actual working place, of all the filtration systems on the roof. So it was actually all from their company, from the exact place where people work. So that. Uh, we didn't finish the course yet, so I'm not sure how this will turn out. But I think they'll they will feel very familiar once they go in the in the course, you know. Because I wanted to use some uh, stock photography when they were mentioning certain things, but then they went, no, 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 we'll provide the photos, we'll we'll take the photos, we'll send them to you. Oh, okay, fine, fine, and uh, it's it's great because everything is from their system. That's good. They, they will feel at home. Yeah, that's great. I can't remember if I've mentioned it here, but e even a little thing of, uh, I remember we were looking for a stock photo of a folder because they use folders a lot. And it was like, yeah, you mentioned it. You mentioned it. Yeah. 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 And it was like, well, just take a picture of that folder. And, uh, 
you know, they'll see it and they'll, they'll instantly recognize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, about the environment, we can, you know, we can personalize it a bit. Maybe this is more of a, from a technical point of view, you know, we can use the learner's name if they provide it at the beginning. Uh, I'm, personally, I'm not really sure how super effective this is. Usually when, when I have to do that, it's like, come on, give me a break, give me the content. Uh, but, it, you know, it might be useful maybe in more of an interview environment sort of to use uh, that name if it's really if it's really, really personal. Otherwise, I think it's just to have it there because the functionality is possible. I think that's a mistake. Um, did you use any, you know, using the learner's name situations? Uh, we have used that occasionally, uh, you know, in maybe gamification or if we're kind of going with a more of a conversational tone or we've got characters where we want to say, yeah. you know, if, if their actual environment's going to be, you know, a, a person that they're going to be talking to a lot, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about characters and some things. Uh, a lot of these things overlap that we're talking about today. But, um, you know, for that person to say, hi, hi, Dave, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, sometimes that can make a connection. But a lot of times that might be, that, that, that might not help the educational experience, depending on what it is. You know, at this point, uh, if I have a situation like that, I'm really happy if I have an English course. Because, you know, in English, the verbs don't change according to the sex of the mm. person speaking. Mm-hmm. And in Slovenian, they do. Uh, so it's different if uh, uh, if I speak about what happened to me or if Maya, my wife, speaks about it, the verbs change. So it's really hard to create text like that and then to, cha- to have it change based on the name. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, you know, something we avoid cause it's really not possible cause it's just too complex. <laughs> so I'm really happy when I do it in English. Yeah. Well, and that's an interesting thing too. You know, if you're going to do languages, say you're doing an English course and yeah. it's going to be ultimately in 15 other languages, uh, you mm-hmm. might want to avoid that because it's, uh, it doesn't work in either the, the other language or the culturally it's not quite what you'd be looking for that's yeah at that point i mean if you really want to do that properly your your the process you're going through is the localization you know it's not just translation but it's localization you know to adapt to specific that to specifically to that area uh which of course might be difficult in a in a project that must be done quickly or maybe that's not so important and so on but uh yeah yeah, well, and this does kind of cross the uh, in, uh, the um, relating that we're trying to do here, or that we're that we're talking about here. But yeah, true. We using using like silhouettes. Sometimes we've we've been in situations where we use silhouettes instead of photos of mm-hmm. people because culturally, yes, it, it was uh, easier to. It was better that someone saw a silhouette than you know someone from a different uh culture yeah um in a different environment so sometimes you want to it's like not do the opposite of having the environment but um no you want to sort of general yeah generalize the environment or stylize it in a way that they can relate to it but it it covers a a bigger uh group of people Mm -hmm. yeah yeah if i i mean i guess usually we're sort of 
forced to do that if it's a course in multiple languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not really... There's not much localization usually if the, there's a big company and they want the course in multiple languages. Uh, so yeah, that's I think that approaches that sort of generalize things like you mentioned uh, are I think they're quite a good way to go because you don't really have much choice or you could really uh, unrelate to different you know learner groups, which is not good. Uh-huh. For the personalization, we also have uh, just two more bits here. It's good to give the user the control for the volume. I mean, although that's already, you know, part of the computer system anyway. But if it's handy there, that's 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 okay. And if possible, maybe control for text, which, you know, also can personalize it. Yep. And I'm aware that this is might be difficult if you're in Storyline, but uh, that is sort of part of personalization you, you could give in your, in your course. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, do any of the, does, uh, I can't think of the other, uh, Rise, does that allow for any of that? I've not looked into uh, that. I'm not sure. I guess basically the answer is yes, but I, I did not look into that. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. But yeah, um, yeah, those are good points. Uh, the, the, the browser or the browser, the, the design itself uh, is uh, the environment they are currently in. And if they are, well, that actually kind of goes into, um, you know, branding and the design and look and feel and some of the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But um, anyway, did you have an, another thing relating to the environment? Mm, no. I think we can uh, jump to the thing you mentioned. <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought you had said you had one more, but um, so, in fact, boy, that would be a nice transition if if I hadn't <laughs> backtracked um, <laughs> into branding. Branding can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, generally, you know, people will think, okay, well, the the logos and the 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 look and feel uh, relates to the look and feel of the company. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, companies have branding standards. They don't always have e-learning guidelines, branding guidelines. Um, no, but usually the colors, the fonts, the logo in different versions. Yep, and I, I think uh, you know, there's a there's also some cultural things again in the branding and the look and feel. But there's a consistency if you. Usually, not always, but usually the branding guidelines are very well designed. Um, mm-hmm. They're not usually all for education or for e-learning. They're for websites and documentation and things like that. And and so you have to kind of pick things out. But if someone sees that stuff, again, they'll they'll feel it's a continuation of the other things that they've seen their their company. Yeah. Uh, and. Um, uh, not not to make it a limiter, I think a lot of people will say, ah, these branding standards, kind of these guidelines make it kind of a limiter to me in trying to design something for my audience. But uh, um, personally, I've not had that problem. There's a lot of ways to come up with ideas that work with the with yeah. the branding guidelines. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I never had an, an issue like that. There's always there's always a way. <laughs> yeah, there's always a way. <laughs> And yeah, I just I wrote down here also that maybe there's a certain way the presentations work in that organizations, you know, in that organization. Um, you know, maybe PowerPoints are have some intro slides always, or they have some 
information at the end about who to contact or something like that. And I'm not saying that maybe this maybe these presentations are bad and they will they will uh, you know make the course worse. But uh, I think it's you know wise to look at how the things are done and then uh, try to get close to that. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you can pick out what's what you like and um... and argue why you don't want to use the other stuff. <laughs> Right. <laughs> or just build a mock-up that, and then they'll look at it and go, oh, wow. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And then we have scenarios and case studies. Yeah, scenarios and case studies. Um, I like to use case studies a lot and, and scenarios. I, I think it depends on the course, but you know, when you're thinking through the, the, the workflow, uh, people will be uh, maybe learning some information, and that's great. Some people will relate to that. But some other people might say, okay, well, that's great. I don't need to know that right now. Or, you know, does that really help? Or, uh, you know, I don't know. But to bring it back into maybe a case study where someone has been in the situation and um, been successful or not been successful or whatever it might be, that real life uh, can connect to someone very quickly uh, because they they might consider themselves in a very similar situation. And that can also tie a lot of the content that they've been maybe learning if you have to teach something specifically and then tie it back in with a, a case study or put them in a scenario that is based off of something that might happen to them in reality. Uh, you can again connect with, uh, with the person. Yeah, and also everything you mentioned, you know, the case study should be based should be happening, you know, in, in, in that company, not some fictional company or some other company, but like something that happened to their colleague, you know, very familiar stuff. So they can really see, they can really put themselves maybe in that situation. So it's much more relatable than some fictional story about some guy, who, you know, working at a golf course. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It can feel very, a lot more hands-on. Uh, you can, they'll feel a lot more maybe oriented to the to the information. Mm. And also, yeah, I think we sort you sort of mentioned this in the in the introduction of the the topic, but to explain to the learner how information relates to them. And that that's exactly what you said at the, at the beginning. Why do I have to know this? How how is this uh, helpful to me? I think I had those questions many times, and I just felt like if they told me I could do my job better because I I I knew why it, why I was doing something right, uh, and I think this is I think this is similar. It's like why do I have to know this? Why am I? What am I gaining here? All this information. I I guess this is something you would put at the start of the course. Is sort of goals of the course, and yeah, and 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 I guess on each step you could say. Uh, you, you know, you know, the, you will know this, and then you can do this because of this knowledge, right? And to give a maybe a, an example, a case study, um, I had a project where basically the showroom had a new system of putting products on the walls, and it different than what they've been doing. So they showed all the kind of the rules, and you know put it this way instead of this way. And that is okay. But then we brought it back into reality by having a case study based on what they what their findings were when they were actually figuring out how this 
why this is beneficial, where they had people come into the this test showroom and and kind of brought it home by saying, kind of from the perspective of the the customers that they were kind of testing this on, them saying, um, well, I came in and I I went to the first showroom, which was the old way, and I had problems finding this, this, and this, and then went to the new showroom and had a much better experience finding what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, suddenly it, you know, uh, a light bulb goes off and and it's like, oh, okay, well, that's why this is important. I, I got it. This this makes sense then. And then they can, you know, feel comfortable and keep building on that or, or move on or whatever they might need to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, about scenarios, I had a situation. I, I was, uh, we developed a, a leadership course here with a partner in Slovenia. And uh, although it's meant, you know, for bigger companies and it's not branded to any specific company, it had a scenario where you were the leader and, an, well, I guess your subordinate asked you something, told you something, and then you had to, you know, give feedback and so it was done with the simple three answers and, you know, each answer branched to another specific situations and so on. And although it wasn't, you know, re- really branded and there were stock photos, uh, it was a situation they could be in as a leader. So that also, uh, I think that was quite relatable to them. And I think we, we got a good feedback about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and we had done a, a little thing where... Um how did that work? Uh, it was a uh, like training in a restaurant. And instead of just saying, here are the credit cards we take, we wanted to kind of get someone familiar with it and feel more like they were in the environment. And and ultimately, we wanted them to feel like they had experience by the end of this rather than just, well, I learned about the what credit cards we take. So, you know, to have a, a hand... Uh, you know, kind of the, put put them in the environment so they're looking at the counter and there's a hand mm-hmm. with a credit card and we, we had different credit cards in the hand. And, yeah. uh, you know, for them then to say, oh, sorry, we don't take that card or we do take that card. Um, you know, that's a kind of a scenario you're putting them in um, and they're, they relate more to it because it's, you know, it's their job. That's what their job is. Yeah. Uh, so that was a nice uh, kind of scenario example. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one, yeah. And also another thing you could do is, uh, you know, have a sort of pre-test just to test their knowledge and then you can offer them only the topics they need. Uh, this is, I, I guess you can do that in, you know, sort of two levels. Maybe one version is if the LMS allows you to build a course like that. Uh-huh. The other, The other one is just to, you know, have many scenes in storyline and then have a test and based on the variables you get you offer them some topics yeah yeah that's a great idea so yeah pre-test to cater to individual needs (laughs) all right and then uh, i this is i guess everything is sort of gray area here all sort of flows from one uh, you know region to another and uh, here this is the uh, immersing the learner because even with your credit card situation, that's... There's a lot of overlap to all of this, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so you, you gave two examples here. One is cardiac, cardiac arrest education, and another one is drowning simulator. 
Uh, I checked both of them out, and uh, I I really liked cardiac arrest education uh, on an emotional uh, emotional level. I think that one's really strong, but also drowning simulator, which is done a bit more interactively, but still offers, especially at the end, offers some also some emotional. Uh, uh, I don't know, stimulation, I can say, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe you can, uh, can you just describe to us what is, how the cardiac arrest uh, one looks like? Sure, yeah. And I'm actually going to have a video about these two. I kind of reviewed them in a little bit more visual detail. Uh, but the cardiac arrest education, and these are courses that have, I didn't create these, but uh, I've I've seen them over the years and I, I really enjoyed them, uh, going through them. But the cardiac arrest education, the reason this is in the immersing the learner category that we're talking about is because uh, these are all very full screen videos from the start. And you really kind of forget about everything else around you and focus. Mm-hmm. You're, you're so quickly into the, um, into the uh, situation, into the scenario. And in this one, uh, you start off, you're, you're at a mall, uh, you've got your coffee in front of you, people are walking around. And it's a first-person first person video, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a first-person, so, you know, you see a hand come out, and that's your hand with the coffee cup. Yeah. And uh, you see one of the individuals walking through the mall collapse, and uh, as, as that happens, a screen pops up with a couple questions on it. Do you help them? Do you ignore them? So you have to make these choices. And if you if you click help them uh, in the same first person, you know it, it kind of calls up the right video, and uh, you you're suddenly running towards that person, and you can tell that they're having problems breathing, that they're not aware of what's going on, and uh, then another thing comes up. Uh, do you want to go search for help or do you want to call 911? And very simple questions, but just you're in this world and you get so uh, focused on everything that's going on that you you really are uh, helping, ho- hoping to help this person. And again, you're building a level of experience that is so different than if we just yeah. said do this, do this, do this, if this is a problem. And you can even um, hear, you can even hear yourself breathing, you know, like the, that, uh, not, yeah. but sort of tension breathing, uh, not really panicking, but uh, it's not a really good situation breathing, sort of. And yeah, it, it really puts you out, um, out there. And uh, at the end, you know, where when, when you see the guy with his eyes open and he, that he's alive and that it's, it's, gonna, it's going to be all right, it was really like... I was super happy for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you called off your family. <laughs> the craziest thing happened to me today. Um, yeah, but seriously, um, it, it was, um, yeah, like if you selected, uh, what did I say, uh, go search for help, you are kind of running around the this mall looking for someone to help and your breathing is picked up because you're running around. Um, there's even a thing that says, I think freak out, you know, you can call yeah. 911 or freak out. Yeah. And what I like about that is if you click freak out, because you are going to be in a panic situation, most likely, um, or it certainly can be, um, you hear the 911 operator says, look, there's laws that help you, uh, in, in case you do something wrong in this situation, don't worry about 
yourself worry about the person. And that's what those laws are there for. So it kind of, it's nice to kind of bring you back in. But I think some of the other things that are nice about the way that it's set up is that you get comfortable being the person that steps up and handles it rather than one of the other people that's watching, you know, because you're in a small, other people are kind of standing around you watching. And mm-hmm. it makes you comfortable being the the the, the person that's going to help and the yeah. person that's going to call 911. And, you know, those things are very important. So, I, I you know, I, I thought that was a very, um, very well done uh, website. Yeah, I, I think it was, I, I, I don't think, <laughs> currently, I don't think that there's a much better way to do this than to show it like this directly, you know, in front of your eyes with the decisions you have to make uh, in between the, the phases. So I think it was really good. Only technical part I would comment is that uh, it uses YouTube and it loads a bit slow, I felt, because it, you know, each time you select something and jumps to another video, maybe if this was a more, you know, package situation, maybe like in storyline, that would flow nicer. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it was still fine. I mean, it didn't bother me. I noticed too in in Chrome, you have to hit the play button. Where I remember you didn't used to have to do that, and I kind of think that maybe this has been around long enough that. Um, the browsers changed their settings a little yeah, bit. Um, Firefox worked well for me. At least that made me feel a lot more like the way it used to work when I first ran into the into it. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I agree. The the more you can just keep the keep the experience moving yeah. uh, without them having to think about the fact that they're you know looking at a screen, the better. Yeah, yeah, good good one. And then the drowning simulator. Very similar in that it's first person, you're standing on a boat, there's a, another guy on the boat, and you're just kind of checking the boat out, and all of a sudden he yells something and, and uh, something swings over and, and hits you, and it knocks you into the water. And again, all first person, so you're someone, yeah. they, they were out on wherever they were at, <laughs> on the water, filming this, fell in the water, and then suddenly you're in the water and you're you're um, kind of paddling, trying to stay above. Um, you see the boat get further into the distance, and suddenly it's just you in the water mm-hmm. trying to stay above water. Now, the kind of the interesting interaction here is that you have to keep scrolling the the mouse scroll wheel yeah. <laughs> to stay above water. You know, just like you can get tired yeah. <laughs> by trying to stay above water in real life. You have to keep scrolling that mouse, and there's a little bit of a... Um, what would you call it? A little bit of a identifier of how good you're doing with that off to the right. Yeah, yeah. And if you let off of the mouse, that starts to go down, and you will, you'll, you'll drown. And uh, ultimately, it says, uh, you know, make sure you're wearing your um, uh, life vest. Yep, your life uh, preserver vest. And um, but again, it, it really throws you into the yeah. situation. It's very immersive. Yeah, the, and also the, the emotional part, you know, at the end, you know, where you, when, when you're drowning, you know, it flashes like uh, through your eyes and it shows your <laughs> right. wife. That's yep. really, <laughs> that's really, that was tough. Uh, yeah, and then it just fades out and says, yeah, wear a life vest. Uh, and the first time I was, uh, I guess I didn't, I, I was, 
I, I stopped scrolling for a bit and I drowned and it said uh, you drowned in 75 seconds. And then the next time I just kept, kept kept going, kept going. And there are a few things that happen also there. You know, I think you start hallucinating and you see a, a diver and, mm-hmm. and then you start to get cold and there's something with your nail that happens. Uh, I won't describe it too much. Um, and I, I think I lasted till the, you know, the... the uh, till the end, sort of, uh, until mm-hmm. the, 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 the course stops itself. Because uh, I think I kept scrolling all the time and it was like four minutes, 50 seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. But it still ended, of course. Yeah. Um, so they, 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 they put the You're few... not still scrolling, are you? No, I don't think so. <laughs> four, it's been four days. <laughs> yeah, just trying to create a record. Um, yeah, so yeah, good one. Really good one. Really immersive first person Good experience. I mean, I'm good experience. Good, I guess, a good reminder to wear your, wear your vest. Yes. I think, uh, I think I'll think i be keeping uh, thinking about this one the next time I'm, I'm on a boat. Yep. Which is exactly what they were trying to do, and they did a good job of uh, <laughs> yeah. putting you in the mindset and changing the way you think about things. True story. So how about relating visuals, imagery, items? I, I guess we sort of... Uh, spoke about this but yeah you you your children's uh, your children's hospital project was exactly that having relating images and visuals yeah we've talked a bit about this uh i'd say just never forget you got a camera and yeah. uh to take some real photos and to get photos from and this goes back to branding too a lot of times they've got photos that are uh i guess approved and people might relate to. Uh, so, you know, see what's out there, see see what kind of visuals and imagery and, and various things that uh, that you can use. Sometimes you want to get your camera, though, and, and go out to where the person's actually going to be because mm-hmm. the more you can, the more someone will see something in your, in your project, the more when they leave your project, they're going to, it's going to be a continuation of, of the course, and that's what you want. Yeah, we we did a, a safety at work course, and there was a part about uh, fire hazards and uh, putting out fires. So we went and recorded. Uh, you know, there are I I don't know how many there are out there, but there are basically three types of uh, fire extinguishers. You know, with uh, CO two and with um, uh, you know uh, the and the other ones. <laughs> And the ones with, the, you know, the dust, the white dust that comes out and so on. So there are three types, and we recorded all of them we, with a, um, a, an experienced firefighter helped us, and there was, the, the, he <laughs> lit a small cool. fire, and uh, then we recorded all three of them to, so, to show the use, how you, um, you know, um, engage them, how, which levers to pull and so on, because each one is a bit different, and then also how to... Uh, well, put out the fire because they're a bit different, uh, especially the first part where you have to make the right steps to, you know, enable it. And in, you know, I I know it wasn't in a in an office situation that would be a bit uh, too expensive to shoot, uh, but just <laughs> I think showing it, you know, not just having a picture and you know three three buttons to click on to show the the steps, just 
to show the video and then repeat and then I repeated the video and show the steps on the site written out so you had another view of exactly what you saw and then the video of the guy, of the firefighter putting out the fire uh, yeah I think that I think that was really helpful to for me and also for <laughs> the learners yeah and you know one other thing I, I just thought of we've we've done courses where like maybe for uh, we did some for the trucking industry where there's a lot of rules and regulations that they have, and there's a reason for that, and that's because if you don't do things right, uh, people can get killed, uh, mm. and and you know you can get sued. Lots of money can be lost, and you know, a lot of terrible things can happen. Um, and so to start off with an image of a newspaper that some clippings that show the terrible things that have happened, uh, starting a course off with that really puts someone in the state of mind that, uh, you know, whoa, this is me. I don't want to end up causing one of these situations. So it's another way to use mm -hmm. kind of re relating visuals or imagery to uh, kind of connect to the person. Yeah, yeah. Should we jump to the characters? We sure can. So you said you used characters in some courses because personally I have, I don't think I ever used them. I just wasn't in a situation to, to use them. I don't know, maybe maybe I could, but we just decided not to. But I'm interested in what was uh, your experience in using them. We have used them and it really does depend on the type of course. Mm -hmm. If it's the sort of thing where you're training someone, like say someone is starting a, a position where they're going to be constantly working with uh, someone else or other people or, you know, like a coach or a boss or a team leader or other employees or a teacher or whatever it might be. If someone's going to be interacting with someone often, then maybe it's a good idea to present the information in that way so they get familiar with working with other people, talking to other people. And so that's kind of one reason. Uh, sometimes, too, using characters, even though they're not a real person, there's like an authority that can kind of be created or even a role model, someone that people either look up to or feel that they have to you know, move through a course uh, to you know, make happy. Um, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's weird to think about that because they're not a real person, but that, those are real things that uh, you, can, you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we use characters occasionally for, for those purposes. Um, it, it's a, and it connects with someone. There's a human element, you know, you can imagine going through a course that always has a person, uh, saying, hi, today we're going to, I'm, I'm so-and-so I'm going to be your, your manager here. Um, let's take a look at this thing and do this over here and do that over there. And then you go to a course where it just says, uh, do this, do this, do this, mm -hmm. and, you can you can feel the difference in that case, um, yeah. and uh, also using a character. If you use a character over an, a number of courses, there's a consistency, almost like a, a person that you look forward to seeing, if you will, um, that uh, will keep people interested in the in the courses. Now, these people too, the way that they come across and the way that they act. Um, can be can then find themselves into different situations and scenarios. You know, you you might 
get introduced to that person later in a scenario that person has a problem or something like that which is a, a real case so you'd want to use a real person and to bring them back in and uh involve the learner uh you know all, all good ways to kind of connect connect all these dots uh mm-hmm. so when they leave the course everything's a lot more familiar yeah yeah and on a similar note uh, also in the in the leadership course i was working on the you know this it's 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 uh, this lady trainer that has this course and uh she she does uh, a blended learning mm-hmm. um so they, they she does the classroom and then they have the training i developed so for the coaching part of the leadership course um she recorded herself having a conversation you know with a colleague uh, and she was in the role of the leader and i think that was i think a lot of people like that video and they i know with some in some surveys some people mentioned they wanted more of this kind of video because you know it, it was her they knew her and you know she was using the language that they should be using when they are uh coaching someone so i think that this this approach is also really good so if you can use the trainer that they're familiar with maybe someone from a company and or someone some other subject matter expert uh maybe just a picture at the start you know just to get them connected to the course uh, i think that's also one way to go yeah that's a good point and what we've done in the past is we've used a lot of times we'll use stills uh you know cut out people because it's it works with budgets um other times it made sense to shoot video so we would shoot people on a green screen and uh always important when you do that to get a couple of just other photos of them because like you're saying you can start off with a bit of video and then have little talk bubbles with those same people throughout a course which saves a ton of energy uh, and also lets you make edits to things a lot more easily mm-hmm. um in the in the future and working through the course if if there's changes that are needed um but then sometimes we'll use videos where well similar to those immersive learning courses i was talking about you might be talking to someone who is trying to you might be put in a situation where you're talking to an employer and you're trying to get a job and to have images of a person there or video of a person saying um uh you know i this is what we want to hire you at this is these are all these things for this job and for you to or even for them to say um tell us what you um uh you know what's what's one good thing about you and what's one bad thing about you and maybe you the learner can select from a bunch of various options but then to have the video the right video come back based on what you selected mm-hmm. uh to get the reaction that is more likely in the real situation again someone's going to someone's going to enjoy that experience maybe a bit more because it, it the outcome is directly relates to what they put into it and whether they're right or wrong they'll learn as um they either get the job or they don't in that case mm-hmm. so we do use characters for stuff like that as well yeah and you can you know with a with a maybe sad face you can you can get them on on an <laughs> right. emotional level you know if it's if it's a bad situation or something or the decision was was wrong uh you can get them on an emotional level which will also you know increase their uh what they will remember from the course 
Yep, absolutely. Another thing is uh, what kind of language do you use in the course? You wrote using conversational tone. Um, Mm -hmm. I would just add that I agree, uh, mostly. When it makes uh, sense. Yeah, exactly. But because it totally depends on the type of the course. I yep. guess, you know, if it's a really some serious situation, you you really can't goof around. Um, and also using inclusive language, so the content that is presented speaks directly to the learner, the, as in singular, not like group of people. Uh, this also works better to connect to the learner on an individual level, yeah. I guess by using conversational tone, don't forget that you can use conversational tone. Uh, if it makes sense to use conversational tone, like, uh, um, and, and that actually kind of gets into using characters or like you had said earlier, you know, hi, uh, hi, hi, Dave, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, that's kind of conversational tone. Um, if you use their names or anything, um, unless the computer says, I'm sorry, I cannot do that, Dave. Right. (laughs) Well, then. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully you're not on a spaceship somewhere. You can just turn off the computer if it does that. If it does that, reboot. Yeah, control, all delete. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with the tone. Because sometimes, you, you, I guess usually we get the, the dry, dry text. And, uh, you know, you have to jazz it up a little bit. <laughs> yep, that's right. And And you can use a little bit of conversational tone here and there and then... Uh, keep it pretty uh, matter-of-fact uh, everywhere else. Yeah, and it can, wo- it can work really, really well, you know. It, uh, I think it's much more friendly than, than some strict, uh, you know, military speak. Mm-hmm. Another thing we have towards the end here is navigation should reflect the course type. Uh, this... I guess this uh, maybe it's not so closely related to the relating to the learner, but I think it's important anyway because you know if there's a certain type of course that is mandatory that users have to complete in full, then of course you want to change navigation, you know, to be limited to just not to be able to skip slides. Uh, but if it's a refresher course, you know, like how to use a scanner, how to use a printer, you don't want them to not be able to skip slides if they want. If they, if they just forgot the, the part at the end where the, I don't know, paper jams, <laughs> you don't want all the steps in, in front of them and uh, not be able to skip them because that it's going to just annoy them. Uh, so I guess navigation is, is important. I, I, don't, I don't guess. I know navigation is important. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, well, and to that point, too, yeah, I, I think, and we're seeing more and more that people don't want to lock stuff, lock people into anything, but sometimes it's helpful to do that. Sometimes you're in a case where someone could easily miss information if they just keep clicking ahead. Yeah. Um, but you, you can also do things like if it's a SCORM compliant course or if it's a com- compliant course, um, you could recognize kind of the first time they're going through something if you need to kind of lock them out of certain things. And then once they view that, it can be unlocked so they can go anywhere. So you can kind of get the best mm-hmm. of both worlds if you need it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, navigation itself is just so important. Uh, it goes back to all the other things we've been talking about. 
uh, especially the audience. You know, what are they familiar with? What are they used to doing? If you use a drag and drop and someone is not good at it, or the audience is just generally not going to get that, they're not going to relate to that course at all. They're going to have a bad experience, and uh, and it will be a colossal waste of time for everyone. Um, so, and that goes into branding and all those other things. Is yeah. you know how how the navigation, how that course, uh, how that workflow is is so important. Yep. At the end, you put gamification in here. Yeah, uh, gamification is can relate to. Can can cause a lot of interest in in material, not in necessarily the material, but in the way it's presented. You know, there's a level of achievement that comes out of gamification, yeah. uh, a competitiveness, uh, and that's competitiveness maybe with other people, maybe with yourself. Uh, you know, having a timer there. Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's a difference between just answering a question accurately and answering a question accurately quickly yes. and and to provide maybe points off of that uh, could cause someone to uh, maybe maybe they don't have interest in the information right away but it can cause someone to have interest in the interaction yep. and gain information gather information and begin to uh, enjoy the information by working through, uh, that, that, uh, that method, that presentation of that information. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, they will learn uh, as a side effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Which is know, totally fine. Somebody, yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, fine if, yeah, if they're not interested before and they ultimately need to have some interest in it, uh, if that works, then that works and maybe they start to I- enjoy it. Yeah. And on that note, I think... We can wrap up the episode seven. Dave, please tell us, where can people find you? People can find me at uh, illumingroup.com, at elearninglocker.com for templates and some of my videos and things are on there. I'm on uh, Twitter regularly at uh, Dave underscore Charney, C-H-A-R-N-E-Y. And Nate, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm also on the the Twitter as uh, N-E-J-C-D or Nate's the if you manage to write that correctly and also on elearningbrewery.com where you can find me if you need some help with your storyline projects uh, or maybe even training one-on-one have a nice day enjoy developing fantastic courses that relate to your learners and uh, bye-bye yep happy new year Uh, take care and happy learning everyone In which ways, in what ways, and uh, in and in many ways, we can connect to the learner. Ah, that was crappy. I had to hit the play button. Like I would. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Maybe we can remove that. Um, my ring uh, just hit the desk. It didn't shatter though.